This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And welcome in the Pink Sunday, Jay Binkley and the incomparable Grant Nicholson. Good morning to you, Grant. What's up, Jay? How are you today? Yeah, we're doing good. Do you know that after this weekend, we have we only have three weekends without Chiefs camp? Think about that. Because the fourth weekend, I, we got three where I won't be up there. And then the fourth weekend, Dustman and I will be up there at the fields of St. Joe watching the Chiefs. That, that, that's weird that there's just three, three isolated weeks you'll see me. Then I'll be up there for like a month. <laughs> see, you won't see yeah. me, Grant. But you can get, bring me I breakfast mean, up there, though. Well, we'll it's, see. It's it, only up I-29, bro. Yeah, it's, but it's up I-29 like an hour and a half. No. I can't. I can't take donuts that far. I don't get good gas mileage. <laughs> get them up there. You know, with gas I, prices, it's probably not wise. <laughs> am I supposed to stay up there just so I can bring you guys breakfast? It is going to be more expensive. For Some of these to shows watch. I have to do for you here. I can't bring you breakfast at like 6 a.m. and then drive back here to do the show. Yeah. Going and watching camp will be a little more expensive this year, won't it? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> what if that'll do, do, derail any uh, traffic to St. Joe? I mean, I'm sure a few people will be be turned off of it but i i doubt it's a big number i mean people are still doing what they're doing they're just coughing up a little more stride your bike up there <laughs> good exercise think about it. it's good for good for the heart health saves you some gas money just take the bike I, no <laughs> but it's wild thinking three weeks i'll talk to ron cop at 9 30 because he came in here this week grant you weren't in here with us as Julio. We did a training camp primer because we were celebrating one month to the day of Chiefs camp. I'm kind of weird about this. Like about, you know, like celebrating Chiefs camp. And I'll have Chiefs camp Eve, football Eve. Not like a tree. I won't like decorate a tree or anything. But <laughs> I'll have like a little, you know, party. You would if you could. Yeah, but I'm not going to decorate okay. a tree for football Eve. I can't wait, bro. I mean, like, I, I, I'm very excited. Let me run this by you. You know we're doing 6-10 day at the K on the 11th of July. Do you plan on going to that, by the way? Do you plan on you plan on being part of the part of the group, Grant? I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe. If I'm feeling up to it. If you're, like, socializing with your coworkers, <laughs> you know? I, I probably should. I haven't been able to make any of the other ones. Because I'm probably the only guy here that knows you. <laughs> well, everyone knows me. I've worked with everyone. Now, whether kidding, they remember I'm kidding, I'm me, kidding. that's another thing. 
Check this out. So, you know, there's been this kind of arms race to uh, throughout the first pitch, right? You've heard the ads and, you know, CDOT's lobbied hard for this. Cody Tapp has lobbied hard for this. I have not lobbied hard for this. But I did throw a caveat out there. I will go to the mound with a beer, chug it, slam the cup on the ground, then throw the first pitch. Have you ever seen that where a guy goes to the mound, chugs the beer, throws the first pitch? No, I don't think I've ever seen it. But that, that alone should get me the job, right? I mean, that is something that sounds exactly like it's up your alley. That's the stuff of legend, isn't it? Be pretty legendary. Do the Royals, would the Royals allow that? Would they sign off on you going out there? I would guess not. Slamming 16 ounces. I would guess not. And we have to do, we do have to remember with our partner. Got to make them look good. Yeah. So there's a good chance that I won't be allowed to do it. (laughs) Or if I did, I wouldn't be able to have the beer. But what's the point? I'll talk to Vern about it at 1030 and ask him if he thinks I'd get away with it. Because he would know. Did you see Bobby Witt Jr. yesterday? I did, yeah. <laughs> so you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The defensive play he made, Nuts. right? I, I Look, I've seen guys make a play similar to that. But here here it was on Bally's. Here was the call with uh, Fizz and Hud. One bit. It's deceptive. Looking for it, looking for it, looking for it. And then here it comes. Bobby, long throw. Wow, what a play. Incredible. Showing the quick. I mean, HUD was speechless. And honestly, that call doesn't do it quite as much justice as it it deserved. I I, I think they were honestly speechless. I do. I think there was a moment where broadcast was like, what did I just see? Because I was that way watching. I was like. I grabbed the remote, like went back on the DVR. I know they were going to show replays, but I was like, that didn't yeah, just yeah. happen. You did want to it? see it live. That just didn't happen, did it? And then the, uh, if you want to see just how high he was, uh, Jason Han on Twitter, I know Josh Vernier, our Royals insider, retweeted it. But the photos of this, Grant, have you seen these? You go to Vern's Twitter account. It's got a nice picture from Jason Han who does photos for the Royals. Guy's an amazing talent, by the way. But uh, he's a staff photographer for for the Royals. But if you go to that, that's an incredible picture. That's what Bobby needs to put for his like profile behind the scene. This is the the, the huge photo you, you blow up and put on your wall. The amount of air he got under his legs. I mean, you, if you've seen it now, you seen the yeah, photos. Yeah. I mean, that dude, that was just insanity. We already know he's like one of the fastest, you know, times from home the first. In, in Major League Baseball, but just the speed element, the five tools, he's everything we, we thought Mondesi could be. Like, we, we had hopes that Mondesi could be this. Now, Mondesi was never hyped like this before the season, but that play, I, I've seen guys jump and then, like, hop the ball three or four times to first base, right? I'm not even sure that hopped. I think maybe Santana barely got on the hop. It looked like he might have scooped it. He had a chance to scoop it. I went back and watched it and watched it and watched it. Did that ball, I'll ask Vern about it. Did that ball hit the ground before? It didn't matter. It doesn't matter. Usually the throw doesn't even come close. When you see guys make this, and plenty of guys have made these athletic plays, but they haven't got the guy out at first. Like, like that one play there, that shows you, that encapsulate who Bobby Wood Jr. is. Because on the pictures that you're talking about, the, the, the Hannah pictures on Vern's Twitter, 
It's unbelievable pictures. He jumps up, turns in midair, and then throws it, and he's at the same height the whole time. He's like two feet off the ground the entire time. He was like Michael Jordan, remember, when he went up with his right hand and switched to his left hand and just does things in the air? Yeah, he didn't set his feet either. Like, usually you set your feet to throw or whatever. Didn't set the feet and threw the baseball. I mean, that was... <laughs> That's the most incredible defensive play I've seen with the Royals this year. It's not oh, even close. Oh, yeah, for sure. Probably will be. Why don't Michael Taylor made that great catch, you know, robbing that home run? Can you imagine Bobby Wood Jr. playing outfield? How many home runs he'd rob? I'm serious. With, with his kind of vertical, can you imagine the kind of home runs he would rob? I have no doubt in my mind he would rob home runs. I mean, he sounds like, feels like he'd be a pretty good, like, center fielder. Oh, he, he'd be incredible, but you don't want to waste that talent. No. Out there, no. you want you know, play shortstop. This is this is where he belongs. But that play right there, I was like, man, is this kid. And I, I know that, you know, sometimes people get tired of us glossing over people. And, you know, I know Vern got some crap the other day from somebody on Twitter, and Vern brought it up last night on his, uh, his pregame show. Someone was ready Twitter. Vern tweeted it, but somebody was giving him crap. Says, "Why do you gloss so much about Bobby Witt Jr.? Wait till he hits. Wait till he's on base percentage is over three hundred, right? It's like who cares? Do you know he's on pace now for seventy four extra base hits and twenty three stolen bases? Seventy four extra base hits would be a Royals rookie record. Only rookie in Major League history with seventy four plus extra base hits and twenty three plus stolen bases. Hanley Ramirez, two thousand six Marlins." He was an incredible player, Hanley Ramirez. I mean, average velocity, exit velocity in those hits, 94.9 miles per hour. Fourth highest in Major League Baseball. The only three ahead of him, Jordan Alvarez, Aaron Judge, Raphael Devers. Pretty good players, wouldn't you say? Pretty good players, I, I would think so. But Leeds Royals are tied the Royals. 39 runs, 16 doubles. He's tied with the Major League lead in five uh, triples, 11 home runs. 32 extra base hits, 10, 10 stolen bases. Those are all the categories he leads the Royals. Remember the slow start he got off to? Now he's everything for the Kansas City Royals. Fastest player, best defensive player. I mean, this kid, I know we hyped this kid up more than any other Royal we've ever hyped up, to be quite honest with you, Grant. I don't think this radio station or me or anybody else has hyped up any kid more than him, but he's delivering. Now I understand... You look at his he's, he's tied with the home run lead. I mean, with this team. I mean, it, I mean it, it's with, unbelievable. He's the Mahomes of baseball in this town. And with Salvi going on the, the injured list or however long he's going to be out for with this thumb surgery, I mean, it's it's Bobby or MJ going for that that home run lead probably for the season. And I think going forward in the future, MJ and Bobby are going to have some nice little yeah, battles. Absolutely. And Vinny Pascatino is going to be thrown in there with them. And hopefully Nick Prado, right, the, those four mashers. I mean, the Royals are going to have a mashing crew here soon. Feels like a heck of an infield right there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would be pretty nuts if all those guys get up and they can can hit some bombs. But it's just, it's kind of like, you ever wanted to have a Mike Trout with this team? You you have one here. And it's great because... You have one. You know, we don't have to micromanage, or we don't have to, like, micromanage exactly what he's doing. He's a rookie, so everything feels like found money anyways. The Royals aren't winning. They're not getting contention. So we're not like worried about replacing production and trying to get hits in like a pennant race. So it's kind of it's a nice. good year for him. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a good year for him because the pressure's not there. Exactly. Now, yeah. do I think this kid can handle pressure? I do. I do, but he didn't have to. It's kind of like you remember during the pandemic, 
you know, when Brady Singer and some of these guys were coming up and pitching in front of no fans. That's called taking the pressure away, Grant. It's called taking the pressure away. And I, I'll tell you who benefited from it. Remember how bad of a year Mondesi was having during that pandemic until the very end? Like, he didn't have to hear the boos because he would have. And that sucks for a player getting booed, like, by your home fans, right? He didn't have to hear that because nobody was there. So I do think that helps some players, and there was no pressure on a lot of these rookies. And you say, okay, how will they do next year when there's fans? Like, how are you going to handle being booed and jeered? You know what I'm saying? But I'm so glad fans are there to see this. Yeah, absolutely. Can you imagine being seen that live? Oh, That would have been nuts. We'll talk to Vern about it. It's because I mean, the guy's at every Royals game. I mean, he, he sees everything. He understands hype. He understands good. He understands bad. And I, I can't even describe it. And I feel bad. Like, the last person I hyped up this much w- was Patrick Mahomes. I mean, seriously, I went a little overboard. Because usually I don't do I this. don't know if you went overboard at all. Just because you were first on the train doesn't mean you were overboard. I, but the, the whole Bobby Wood Jr. thing, I mean, so many people were. I mean, I mean the, this station's full of Bobby Wood Jr. Like, Dust, Dusty Likens, really, Vern, everybody, you know, Cody, uh, you know, Alex. Everybody here recognized the talent that he had. But that play, dude, getting that kind of sky, that kind of air, what do you think kind of dunks he could do? You know he could do some nasty dunks. I mean, I don't know what type of dunks he could do, but he could probably go behind the back, oh, reverse, slamming it down. Was he a three? Was he the two or three sport guy in high school? I don't know if he ended up. A lot of these guys concentrate on one sport when they get to a certain level. You know, the yeah, days of Bubba Starling, or they play basketball, football, and baseball. I. I'm not sure what he played all in high school. I think it was just baseball. I could be wrong, but he may, he may have played something, but I think he concentrated on baseball. Could be wrong. I think that's what it was, though. I can't find anything that says anything different so far. I think. But he probably would have been nuts on the basketball court. You're right. He would have been a hell of a football player, too. Like Bubba Starling, to me, like you think of... <clears throat> The best football player I've ever seen come out of Kansas City is Darren Sproles. Hands down, Darren Sproles, the best football player I've ever seen um, come out of Kansas City. I'm probably getting an argument from you, K State fan, but you're probably going to agree with that. But the best, like, all around athlete I've seen is Bubba Starling. Dude, he would take the ball and go 80 yards, like, on the first play at quarterback. Great basketball player, great baseball player. I think that that ended up hurting him. And they always say, play as many sports as you can. But I think ultimately that hurt him because he wasn't able to concentrate on baseball the whole year. You know, like these guys like Moose out in California, he did play some football, but they're in Hosmer down in Florida. They're able to play baseball all the time. Like Bubba didn't do that because he's playing all the other sports. And they always recommend playing other sports. And I'm, I've been a huge advocate of that. I once asked Gary Pinkle this when he would come on every week on the college football show. I said, how much do you value high school athletes playing other sports? And he... He was honest with me and said that with quarterbacks, he liked them to concentrate on being a quarterback, you know, because they didn't want, first of all, he didn't want injuries or motor skill movement because he had a couple guys who were wrestlers and football players. But I digress. That that Bobby Wood Jr. play just stands out to me yesterday. That The air that he got, just I haven't seen that. Anyway, we come back. Uh, the trade talks with the Kansas City Royals have heated up. John Palmarosi commented, then the uh, Alex and Goldhead on John Heyman bringing that next. 
You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively... Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Back to Big Sunday, Jay Binkley, Grant Nicholson. We open the show talking about the magic of Bobby Wood Jr. Just like sky jumping yesterday, turning around, throwing a baseball in midair. I didn't see anything like it. It's like he floated. Can Bobby Wood Jr. float? I mean, it certainly looked like he was he was pretty close to floating on that play. He's up there forever, man. I know, dude. I know. It's that vert, man. When you think about like, I probably have like credit card vert. <laughs> you might be able to slide a card under there. <laughs> Unbelievable stuff. Well, the trade deadline comes up August 2nd and how active will the Kansas City Royals be? That's the question. One of the key pieces, of course, is Andrew Benatendi. Teams looking but kind of bad. Do you realize how many guys are hurt around baseball that are really good? Some of the names of some of these guys, like Bryce Harper. I don't know if you saw what happened to Bryce Harper yesterday. Blake Snell drilled him. Uh, not on purpose. It was a fastball, though. Because, but I think they're friends. But Bryce was not happy at first. Did you see that? Broke his uh, finger, I believe. Fractured his finger. I had not seen that. He's... Bryce said he's never broken anything. It's like, whoa. I've never broken a bone. Really? I've never been diagnosed with a broken bone, no. Really? I think I broke my pinky one time, but works fine now. Eh, I've broken stuff. But there's just so many guys that 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 are hurt around Major League Baseball, and it sucks, man. I mean, Passon put this out, too. Think about this list of stars on the I.L., Mookie Betts, Jacob DeGrom, Fernando Tatis Jr. He's never playing, by the way. You know, he's the guy that (laughs) maybe they gave that contract too early for him. Manny Machado, Max Scherzer, Salvador Perez, Ozzy Albies, Walker Buehler, Chris Sale, Stephen Strasburg. I mean, that's some stars on the IL. So, obviously, 
there's going to be a market for Andrew Benatendi, but it's not a long-term contract. What could he bring? But here's uh, John Polmarosi on the Benatendi trade. I think Andrew Benintendi, Lauren, is going to be one of the most highly coveted lefty bats anywhere in the major leagues this summer. And I'm already hearing reports about different teams starting to show some preliminary interest. I'll mention two of them right here. The Milwaukee Brewers and the Toronto Blue Jays. Both have had some needs for lefty power. You just covered earlier on in this hour uh, the great career of Lorenzo Cain and his time in Milwaukee coming to a close. They do need a bat. And you think about how well the Cardinals have played of late, uh, whether the, that move happens now or closer to August 2nd. I think Benintendi to Milwaukee would be a tremendous fit. And the Blue Jays, they're so right-handed. They're, of course, trying to catch up on the Yankees right now. Benintendi could be a great fit for Toronto. He also might actually be a pretty good fit for the New York Yankees as well. But I, I'm feeling pretty sure that by the morning of August the 3rd, Lauren, Andrew Benintendi is playing for a different team Ooh. besides the Kansas City August Royal. 3rd, different this year. Dayton Moore is going to be busy. So are you, my friend. So that was, it's not just Dayton Moore. It's Gigi Piccolo, the general manager. He gets left out in a lot of these conversations. Uh, John Heyman, our Odyssey insider, um, right here at Sixth and Sports Radio, joined uh, Cody and Gold this uh, Friday, and he put his thoughts in on uh, what an Andrew Benintendi trade would look like. Well, I do think the pitchers will bring that back the most. The starting pitchers, Frankie Montas and uh, Castillo, who have another year to go as well. Um, So I I do think they would bring back the most uh, of the players that we've heard or expect to be on the block. But I I would think that Ben Intendi would bring back some a decent return. I I suggested today also uh, that the Mets add a – a hitter, and I, I, in my mind, of the players we think are going to be available, Josh Bell and Ben Attendee are probably the best fits for them. There's obviously a few others who be out there, Trey Mancini and, and some others, but not a robust market. We don't expect Juan Soto to be out there. In this market, he is one of the best hitters uh, that will be out there. So I do expect a decent return, and there will be a lot of teams looking for a, an outfielder uh, who can hit like Ben Attendee. I mean, there's going to be some changes. There's going to be some deals with the Royals. I think they might be pretty active in this trade deadline. But what about Whit Merrifield? Are the Royals, the Royals have not really listened to offers on Whit Merrifield in the past. I mean, has he moved past the real value that he's had, or has he still got uh, value to trade out there? Here's John Heyman on Whit Merrifield. Yeah, that's the impression that some other teams are are giving, at least, that uh, the Kansas City seems to be talking a little more seriously about uh, potentially trading uh, Merrifield. Um, you know, obviously uh, had a good contract for the team, really produced, and, uh, you know, they were hoping to keep him a long time. But, uh, you know, obviously they look like they're a year away or so maybe at this point. And, uh, you know, it, the timing is not perfect. That so ap- often happens. He's not having his usual year. Good ball player, but. Like a lot of guys, his batting average is down this year, not having the usual year. How much do you think uh, Whit Merrifield's price has gone down this year? Here's Heyman. I mean, there's no question that it's changed. I mean, if you talk about a year ago, then you you, you knew the acquiring team was going to get him for another year. Beyond the fact he was performing much better a year ago or more than that. But, uh, you know, it's very difficult, excuse me, very difficult to uh, to sell high. I know that from myself, from my stocks, it's hard to do it. And, uh, you know, they, they were hopeful that they could be a little more competitive this year. Certainly didn't expect him to have the drop-off in stats. 
it was not a very predictable situation. So, um, you know, clearly uh, the price will have to have come down from a year ago. John Heyman, uh, what about uh, how, how much do you expect the Royals to be players in free agency? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I think they're a realistic group. They they have sold when they've needed to sell in the past. Some other teams, uh, you know, I'm not going to name them now, but are very reluctant to sell even when it's apparent they're not going to be in the race. You know, sometimes it pays off. If you're the Braves last year, better to buy than sell. Obviously, they made the right move. Same with Washington the year before. But, you know, you've got to be realistic about it. The, the Royals are not going to turn around and be another Braves or Nats. And I think they are realistic. And I, I, At least from my perspective, looking at it from my distance, they've been pretty realistic uh, over the years and have been willing to sell when they've needed to. And, uh, you know, obviously they held on to Salvi, which was a good move, and uh, extended him, which I believe is a good move, even though they're not contending this year. Um, you know, I think – generally for a small market team, you know, it's very difficult. And they're the only one really to win a world series out of a small market. The Marlins won a world couple world series, but that's not a small market. That's just a small revenue team. So it's a little bit different. So uh, I think the Royals people do a good job by and large. Uh, Not every move is going to work out. Obviously. And Kennedy was overpaid and they waited too long on with Merrifield. So it's easy to say that now, though. Um, you know, all, all teams have that. You you don't oversell precisely the right moment. Very rarely. So you go, John Heyman. More with that on with Josh Furnier coming up at ten thirty. The latest on the trade deadline with him. And we'll talk about that incredible play by Bobby Witt Jr. But coming up next, Ron Cop, lead analyst from ArrowheadPride.com, as we look at the top five Chiefs heading into camp. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... You deserve this ice-cold reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's one thing falling in love with a house, and quite another navigating the world of negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. Guidance from an agent who's a Realtor can make all the difference, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Back to Big Sunday, Jay Binkley, Grant Nicholson producing the operation. Time to switch gears and talk some Kansas City Chiefs football with our lead analyst over at Arrowhead Pride, Ron Cobb. What's up, Ron? Hey, Jay. Good morning. Uh, I just wanted to contribute to your guys' conversation. I've never broken a bone either, honestly. Are you so, serious, yes, Grant? That's what I'm talking about. You played quarterback, man. Right. I get into someone busted it's your bones. Got a good at some offensive point. line. 
I was going to say, shout out to big boys. They, they kept me up. Uh, no, I sprained my ankle really bad senior year, but never broke a bone or anything. So uh, I'm in Grant's club, too. I'm in the club. I, uh, <laughs> my finger is still pretty messed up. And I've, it was a long time ago since I was in high school. It's like I, I stopped my body and, like, jetted under. It, like, whenever it gets cold, it swells up about four times, and I can't wear, like, a glove on this hand. I've broken oh, plenty of fingers and stuff. I mean, I've dislocated a few fingers. I remember one yeah. time my pink my pinky was facing the other way, and it looked like it was broken, but it wasn't actually broken. So yeah, I, I I'm I'm in the club, man. I'm I'm free. I'm I'm scotch free. Well, Bryce Harper finally did it, and I was like, whoa, he's been playing a long time. Let's do it. You ever dislocate anything, Grant? Like whether your fingers sideways? That that's that sucks when you when yeah. you look down and your fingers like sideways. No, I got stitches one time, but I've never broken or dislocated anything. That's been diagnosed at least. Well, let's change that. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> You want to break something? I'll just push you down the stairs on the way out. See what happens. You break something, cool. If you don't, I, we tried. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Try it. Can you believe this, Ron? I, I came in, I was telling, I was talking to Grant. We only have three weekends after this where there's no football because the rookies and quarterbacks show up the 22nd. So there's three weekends, unless my math's wrong, we don't have football. This is what this is what I love about coming on with you, Jay. Every time I come on, you just remind me how close we are, and I love it. I, I, I get it, I get pumped up all over again. Uh, it's, you know, we still got a solid month, so you know. But I, but you're do right. We I, I think do we though? Do we though? Is it a solid month that there's only? <laughs> here's the thing. Get your honey do list out of the way, Ron. I mean, right. You think about it. I mean, you got articles to write and everything else because. It's grind time for you here in a month about who's showing up at camp, who's looking good, making decisions. Three weeks, my friend. Three weeks to uh, take the girlfriend to dinner, lunch, do all that stuff before it's grind time. I'm serious, bro. I'm just giving you a heads up. Well, it, it's, it's funny you mention it. It really is down the stretch for uh, me and the fiance. We're actually getting married late August, right before the season starts. I planned it out perfectly. Oh, are you really? Congratulations. Go on the honeymoon right before the regular season yes. starts. I'm back at it week one. It's, it's perfectly timed. So yeah, you're I'm you're not kidding. I am. We're getting everything ready for that point, and then uh, you know when season starts, it's go time, baby. I didn't realize you playing things out that well. Now props to you because <laughs> the person that gets married during football season, like first yeah. of all, inviting your friends to go to a wedding during football season is not yeah. cool. Not cool at all. And then if you're the guy, your anniversary every year comes up during football season. Right. But at least no, you're I know. getting we, years we, out of the way. No, it's actually, I, I thank the NFL. You know, the four preseason weeks before, it was kind of, you know, there's not really a good time. But now with those three preseason weeks, there's that buffer week between the preseason and the regular I know. season. And I, I fit it in right there. So that's, All right. that's if any, you know, if, if anyone didn't realize how, how much of a, you know, how, how uh, much of a football junkie I am, I've, my wedding is basically planned around the NFL regular season calendar. So or that your fiance you is cool enough to allow this. Yeah, no, it's 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 it, it's the perfect time. Actually, we saved about a thousand dollars on the venue if we went to August instead of September. Look so we're you. all we're all having a good time. So. Look at you, man! Not only are you doing it during the off week, but you're saving cash as well. Ryan, you're this you're living the dream, my man. 
Yes, sir. No, I, I just, you know, I, I had to slide it in there. I, I want to be ready for week one, man. It's a big season, big chief season. I want to be all, all in already. You know, I looked at my mailbox, and I don't seem to have an invitation yet. <laughs> I don't know if it got lost in the mail or what, but I didn't get invited to your wedding, Ron. I probably would go to this one because it's not – I'm only missing football. Well, yeah, exactly. No, I, I, it was so long ago now that we started the process, Jay. Except We've become college. such good friends since then. It, you all know, right. I, I wish I wish I would have got you, man, but – uh I'll bring you some favors. I'll bring you some party favors afterwards. How about it's that? quite all right, Ron. I'm not a big fan of going to weddings, so <laughs> not even my own. You know? But that's hey, college football will probably be on that weekend. So uh, yeah, I got you'll, you'll be yeah, you'll be good. Yeah, I got the USFL championship coming up next weekend. So uh, I had the semifinals <laughs> yesterday. Um, I know you're not following the USFL like I am, but regardless, Ron, you came in for a couple hours this uh, Thursday. We had a we had a fun thing because we celebrated a month till training camp, which is kind of the crap I do. Uh, and there'll be more of that one week out type deal football leave the day before training camp begins. So I've only yet begun, Ron, I've only yet begun the uh, silly stuff that I do. But the one thing I didn't get to uh, Thursday night that I wanted to, and that's top five important chiefs for 2022 season. As far as, on this roster, who do you consider the top five most important players that will, you know, be the reason the Chiefs' success or not? Um, do you want to start a five or do you want to start a one? You know, I think it'd be more fun to start at the top. Okay, it's pretty obvious who the top is, and I think it gets more. You know, it's not as anticlimactic okay. towards the all end. Right. You know, and right. uh, and first of all, shout out uh, my uh, another shout out for Stags, Matt Stagner. He's going to be doing the top twenty Chiefs series for us at the yeah. site this year. I did it last year, and I had a lo- really good time kind of just thinking through, like, okay, who actually is, by, in order, the most important Chiefs on the team? And so I'm glad you asked me because top five, well, I, again, I'll start with the obvious. And it's obvious the top two, I think. It's, it's Mahomes at number one and Kelsey at number two. <laughs> this, is, this is an offensive football team, man, and, and those two are, are the, the centerpieces of this explosive offense. And, you know, I don't need to say much about Mahomes. I, I will say, though, with Kelsey's, you know, role this year without Tyreek Hill on the team, you know, Kelsey's going to, he, he's always been the target leader last year. Tyreek actually overtook him, but he's always been Mahomes' most reliable target. But that's the thing without the presence of Tyreek, it might be a little harder for their, their connection. Um, you know, defense are going to be keen on them just a little more than they already did in the past. And he already was keyed on quite a bit, but you know, that's, that's where this offense might open up is, is Kelsey's he's such an intelligent player, such a good route runner. I mean, he could he could really do a, a good job drawing defenders away from other guys, you know, really playing the decoy role more than he has in the past um, and, and really opening things up for guys like McColl and MBS and Juju just because teams are going to be so, you know, understand that Holmes and Kelsey are the – that's the, the biggest connection on the team. Everyone else is new to the team besides McColl, obviously. So that's where I think, you know, Kelsey's role might become more – you know, he's obviously going to be the target leader and going to be the the, uh, the, lead, the yardage leader, in my opinion, receiver-wise. But he could play more of a role where he's kind of maybe, you know, taking away defenders from other guys and opening up the offense more, which we saw Tyreek do a little last year. Now maybe it's on Travis a little bit more to do that because defenses know they're going to be keen on him a lot. In his last four years, 92 catches has been the low mark for him, which is insane. Two of those years, over 100 catches, averaging 99. But I am curious, you know, pick plays, illegal pick plays, whatever it is, having more physical wide receiver presence on the field, how much will that open him up? I think it could add advantageous favors uh, for Travis Kelsey. My one and two are exactly like yours, Ron. 
I thought about not even doing like, the first one because I needed the direction you and I were going in this. But in all fairness, we got to do one and two, and it is Mahomes and Kelsey. Now's where it starts getting interesting, Ron. Now we're down to number three. Yeah, and, and it, it is pretty obvious at three still, though, if you think about it. I mean, Chris Jones has to be your third best player. I mean, he's the, one of the best pass rushers in the league. You know, we saw it down the stretch last year. I, I think it's easy to forget how dominant he was in the second half of the season once Melvin Ingram was signed and they, and they pushed Jones back inside more of a, as a full-time defensive tackle rather than that defensive end experiment they tried to do throughout the first half of the year. When he went back full-time, man, he was getting the pressure at, at one of the highest rates in the entire league of, of, of the guys playing a lot of snaps. I, I, I believe it was over 16%, which is an absurd number. Um, you know, 15% is a really good number. So, you know, Chris Jones was, was getting after the quarterback as much as anybody in the league once he got in the, into the interior. And I just think once, you know, starting off, you know, not having to even worry about being that defensive end this year, right? Going through training camp, only worrying about, okay, how can I be the best I am as an interior player? You know, I, could, I think we could see that same level of impact the entire year this year rather than just the second half. And I'm, I'm telling you, man, I know there were some more worthy candidates, probably, you know, T.J. Watt, he obviously deserved it last year. But Chris Jones, if, if he played like he did in the second half of the season last year for the entire season, he had a really good uh, argument for defensive player of the year. I mean, he was that dominant. So if we get that the whole season this year, I mean, he's just going to be a, a – a, he's going to wreak havoc, and it's going to help the rest of the defense, obviously. So he's my three. And then, you know, I, I can go into my four and five, too, but I don't know if you have anything on Jones real quick. Well, I mean, yes, Jones, very important, getting an interior pass rush for the Chiefs and everything else, but that is not my three. I think you know where I'm who going did, with this. I think yeah, you know. Who's your three? Well, well, just take a guess. Is it going to be is, is it going to be Creed Humphrey? Because I'm thinking. No, nope, it's not. No? It's going to be George Karloftis. Oh, it's going to be Nick Bolton. It's going to nope, be Nick Bolton, nope, isn't it? No, nope. oh, George wow. Karloftis. And it's going to be Karloftis because of the wow. expectations on him. Ron, bear with me on this. Expectations for this. And all these lists you see everywhere, you know, what's the one position the Chiefs need to add on? What's it? They didn't do it in free agency. The man that they said in the draft, out of all the pass rushers, they identified George Karloftis as the guy that they're going to be counting on the opposite side of Frank Clark. To me, how he goes is how the defensive line goes and pressure on the quarterback. There is that kind of pressure on George Karloftis. He sits as my number three. See, I like I like that explanation, but I would actually use that sort of for my Jones argument in terms sure. of. Well, I, think, I know I who and Jones, what he is. Like I know who and what he is. I don't know who and what Karloftis is in the NFL. Yeah, and that's fair. But but I really do think Jones's presence will be what helped Karloftis, you know, reach his potential this year, or reach at least you know the level of of play we want him to see from our first round pick. You know, we talked about it the other night. You know, seven or eight sacks. I really think Jones's pressure, you know, getting quarterbacks to move out of their spots and getting them to panic is what will help Karloftis get those numbers up because he'll be cleaning up because he has that high effort, high motor, you know, obviously. So I, I, I like that. But, you know, I, I don't have Karloftis in my top five. I'm going to be honest with you, Jay. Well, Ron, sometimes you can be wrong. You know, <laughs> no, actually, well, this, this, stick, this, this is a lot of fun. I am sticking to defense, though, um, with my next sure. last two picks. There's no more offensive players on this list. Okay. And number four, I, I'm going to have to go with Jerry Sneed. He's, he's, okay. the, he's the leader of the secondary, in my opinion. Um, you know, Juan Thornhill's kind of trying to take that role. But in terms of on-field, in, in terms of who's making the biggest impact, in terms of the guy that it just seems like is always around to make a big play in the last couple of years, it's been Legereus Sneed, and, and especially because of the position he plays. 
that slot position is as important as any position in, in on an NFL defense right now because of how much you're playing in the nickel, how much opposing offenses are playing 11 personnel, those three receiver sets, having a, a really good player on the slot rather than just your third receiver like it was in the past. Sneed has a lot of responsibilities and coverage, then you also look at how impactful he is against the run, how good he is blitzing off that edge, you know, coming from that slot corner position, and how good he is at tackling, man, closing out. He rarely misses tackles, and he's really he just has such long arms that range allows him to just cover so much ground, man. He he really is a key piece of this defense, and and my favorite player in the secondary. And I just think, you know, the more he learns, the more he goes on. I th- I think the better he'll get, and and I think he's going to be a guy that you know, challenges other AFC defensive backs for maybe a Pro Bowl berth or something coming up soon. Yeah, and here's the other thing I like, too, about that. He, he's we, we know his, his ability to rush the passer from the secondary. We know how good yeah. he is from doing that. And they, they might have to rely on that. Like, if Karloftis isn't bringing the exactly. heat from the defensive line, they may need that because Spags not afraid to blitz from the secondary. Matter of fact, Honey Badger uh, has blitzed more than any defensive back since joining the NFL, and he continued that tradition uh, when he was with Kansas City. All right, Ron, we're at number four. This is fun, man. I'm having a lot of fun doing this. What's number four? Well, that Sneed was my four. So who's oh, your four? Oh, excuse me. Who's, excuse me. My fourth is Orlando Brown. Because, ah, okay. And the reason is that is the keeper of the most protection for Patrick Mahomes. And what's going to be the mindset? The Chiefs going to give him money. If they do give him money, is he going to live up to that money? Is he going to continue to progress? Is he just going to be content and happy? Or does he not get the money and play on the tag and you get this monster year for him trying to earn that big contract? But kind of that last last line of protection there at the key spot at left tackle, the most important position for your half-billion-dollar quarterback, Orlando Brown. Yeah, that's where I that's you have a good argument there, the positional value, right? Left tackle is so important, especially when you have a quarterback like Mahomes. But you know, I, if he was a little, if he proved a little more to me last year, I think I'd squeeze him into this top five. But he is not in my top five, just because I do think there is something to Mahomes being able to kind of overcome offensive offensive line play a little more than uh, the position. You know, the player I'm going to say at number five. You know, his impact on the game okay. I think is a little more important than the offensive line. And I'm going to go Nick Bolton at number five. I think that taking over middle linebacker, taking over that Mike role, being pretty much the leader of the defense, you don't have Hitchens anymore. You don't have Tyron Matthew anymore. Somebody has to be the vocal, emotional, just overall leader. And it makes sense for the green dot, the guy that's calling the plays, the guy that Spagnuolo's talking to, whoever's talking to in, in in the intercom system, in the radio, you know, calling in the plays. It would make sense for them to step up and be that leader. And, man, what we saw from Bolton last year, how much better he got as the season went on, especially once they started using him. You know, Hitchens got hurt, and they started using him more as an off-ball, you know, that, that Mike linebacker role instead of the Sam. And, man, he looked really good. I know there's some coverage limitations we all saw, but I think overall he got a lot better as the season went on. And I just think you can already tell he's embracing that leadership role. And with how good the offense, you know, is going to be, in my opinion, I, I just think there's so many different pl- – uh, you know, people, especially on their offensive line, you can say are going to be super important. I think it's really the defense that has to meet a certain a certain level of competency for the entire team to meet the expectations we all have for them, right? Super Bowl or bust. And so I think the most important guys are going to be on defense because the, the the most important guys are Travis Kelsey, Mahomes on offense, and and everyone else. It, it it doesn't matter to some extent, right? At the same time, on defense, you need everyone to kind of step up. 
and one of the leaders is going to be Bolton. And, and I really think, you know, his impact this year, how much, he, how many plays he can make in the, in the ground game, you know, uh, just being a, an overall better player than Hitchens, I really think is going to be super important. Ron, I went the same way as you with Nick Bolton. Uh, we agreed on uh, three of the five. I, I was going to do Justin Reed only because, you know, you're, you're filling that honey badger role. Yeah. We'll, we'll kind of, you know, being that, that, that quarterback of the secondary, but I looked at who's going to be the leader on the defense. And I've always looked at Nick Bolton and had the hopes that he could be Derek Johnson being that kind of leader at middle linebacker for this yeah. team. And I see that with him also like his developments, huge for the chiefs. If the Orlando Brown deal doesn't work out, at least you have the comfort knowing that you got pick 58 from the Ravens that you turned in to Nick Bolton, but, Nick I'm Bolton. Yeah. but I'm a hundred, but I'm hundred percent with you on the importance of Nick Bolton. So we agreed on three of the five Ron, but that was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I, I Brown, I wanted to squeeze in. I really did because left tackle is so important. And he is, he is, you know, the drop off from him to whoever they have if he's not there is oh. like, you know, that's going to be a big deal. But I, you know, so I think he sits at six. I think he's right outside for me. Okay. I have Humphrey right outside there. I think he's super important. Ron, it was a lot of fun, man. A lot of fun. Uh, I appreciate it, my man. You have a good rest of the weekend, bro. Yes, sir, Jay. Talk to you soon. There you go. If you disagreed with the list, or maybe you got another name, 913-586-7610. That's the Jay's Southland Toast Service text line. Also, the phone number as well, 913-586-7610. Explain more of my list next. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Bank Sunday. Jay Bankley, Grant Nicholson. Grant, any problem with my list? I mean, no, not really. I mean, Mahomes is obvious. Yeah, and I think Orlando Brown's obvious. Yeah, I had to throw Orlando in there because what are you going to get from Orlando, you know? Is he going to be unhappy that he didn't get the contract? Is he going to be fine? Is he going to live up to the contract? I just think there's some question marks there. I almost went Justin Reed instead of uh, Nick Bolton, but yeah. man, huh? Yeah, I mean, I, would, I think that's a good shout too, just because you got to know what you're getting out of that safety position. Trying to replace Tyron Matthews, a pretty big. And you know, Justin Reed's Justin Reed's a versatile guy. Uh, 540 snaps at free safety in the box, 147 snaps, slot corner. He got over 60 snaps there. Heck, when he was on the line of scrimmage, when they put him down there in run support, 21 snapped. He actually played wide corner, seven snaps last year as well. And he can kick as well. I didn't know if you knew that, Grant, or not, but he's uh, he can be your backup kicker as well. He's actually halfway decent at kicking. Do you play kicker in college or something or high school? No, I, well, probably high school. I don't know, but he can actually kick. And it's it's not bad. Like, if anything happened to Butker, that would be your guy. Now, he's not going to line up and probably nail a 50, but as far as getting your extra points and stuff, he would stand a better than 50% chance to drill it in. Well, I mean, if anything happened to Butker, I'd hope they'd go out and get some. Of course they would. But, but they, like, you're talking mid-game? Mid-game, mid-game. He hurts his hamstring, something like that, you know. He even kicked off for the Houston Texans, things like that. He's a was the backup kicker. He likes it. But doesn't it hurt to have a safety that can be a kicker as well? 
I, I guess so, but it just you're not going out there and looking for players that are like, well, maybe they can kick too. But you know how it is in high school. A lot, a lot of schools now have specialized kickers or punters, and a lot of times they come up from the soccer team or whatever, and or in kickers that makes just makes sense. But a lot of times it's somebody you grab. Maybe it's your running back. Maybe it's we used one of our linemen, like he was our kicker, which is really insane. But he was actually halfway decent. I think one of our wide receivers was the kicker. But he looked school. funny wearing a 70 out there kicking. You know? <laughs> I, we, I covered a team one time that had their quarterback was also their punter. Which is you, that, that's pretty common. I know, but you'd run out there on fourth down, like fourth and medium or something. And like you didn't know if they were actually going to punt it or if they're going to run a play or what. Now that's a weapon. I mean, that was. That's a weapon. And it was like 4A football. So you're like, yeah, there's some there's some real intrigue there. And then let me guess, he lined up like in the uh, pistol or the shotgun and then he would back up. Yeah, like he'd or he'd line up there, then then he'd back up. They do kind of like a weird long shotgun yeah. is like six yards or yeah, seven yards. And, they, and then he would back up. And then up. he'd do like a short punt or. Just one step and or he'd rugby fly. style it and scramble yeah. to the outside. And you weren't sure which direction he was going to go. Oh yeah, that's one thing I could never do. Is kick. why don't why don't we get Mahomes to learn how to punt a little bit? Oh, I'm sure he could. <laughs> do you have any doubt that if he applied himself, he could do it? He's one of those guys where I don't doubt any. Like there was, you have those friends who are like any athletic endeavor, they're going to be good at it. I'm but, sure Mahomes is one of those guys. Look, if he said, you know what, I want to be a pro bowler. So every day at the practice, because he's good at golf. So it's like if he said, I want to be a pro bowler, like in Mahomes said, every day after practice, he's going to go bowl. Oh, what you mean you like think? a professional bowler? I yeah, thought you meant a yeah. pro bowler. Like he's already no, a pro bowler, no. Jay. Bowl. Like the bowling alleys, you yeah, know? Yeah, bowl is Throwing the same strikes. word for bowling and pro bowl. Throwing strikes, you know what I'm saying? Like, do you have any doubt? Like he's he, he's rich enough he could have his own bowling alley just in his basement or whatever. No, I have no doubt that he could do that. That's a, no, I have no doubt at all. Yeah, he, I mean, just he could buy a bowling alley, put it in his basement every night, come home and just you know, wind down by throwing a ball. Hopefully, it didn't hurt that hand though. <laughs> yeah, hopefully he doesn't. <laughs> hopefully, to get like arthritis or something in the hand because he's bowling too much. Now, maybe that's not a good idea. Maybe that's not a good idea bowling. I just suit him chill that hand out. Coming up next though. Big-time recruit going to Texas. Actually, several have. What's going on? We discuss that next. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich, the step back three, you bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... 
I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.